what's up, everyone? I'm Mario Fraioli, and I'm excited to bring you the ninth installment of Common Ground, a monthly podcast co-hosted by me and Danae Doremi of The Grounded Podcast. In this episode, Danae shares a couple personal updates. We geeked out and got excited about the upcoming New York City Marathon, which we'll both be heading to later this week. We also shared some information about the respective events that we'll be involved in this coming weekend, so keep an ear out for those. We talk some music, of course, and a lot more. Before we get into it, I'd like to thank my longtime partner, New Balance, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. I cannot stop talking about the new Fuel Cell Rebel V3. Longtime readers may remember that I sang the praises of the second edition of this shoe, and for good reason. It's a fast, fun shoe that I really just love to run in. The new Rebel V3 is everything that I enjoyed about its predecessor, but with a more supportive upper, a little more cushion underfoot, and a more durable outsole. What it doesn't have is much more weight checking in at just under 8 ounces, making it a great go-fast shoe for tempo runs, track workouts, and interval sessions on the road. And like its predecessor, it does not have a carbon plate and will allow your foot to move naturally and without influence. Out of the box, it fits like a glove, and I can already tell that its spot in my rotation is not under threat. The new Fuel Cell Rebel V3 is available in both men's and women's sizes on NewBalance.com or at your favorite run specialty retail store. Last thing, if you're going to be in New York this weekend, join me and my friends from New Balance, the folks that believe in the run, as well as a few others, on Saturday at 10.30 a.m. for a three-mile shakeout run from the Fleet Feet pop-up shop in the Time Warner Center at 10 Columbus Circle. Okay, that's all I've got for the introduction. Please enjoy episode nine of Common Ground with me and Danae Doremi. Here we are with episode nine of Common Ground, which is crazy to think about. Next uh, month is our 10th episode of the year. We should do something fun to commemorate that we did just do our playlists in the last episode, i know which, which i got fun. a lot of cool feedback on <laughs> can i just say i mean i'm biased because i i created half of it but it's an awesome playlist i listen to it all the time um it is so good i listen to it all the time too but again that makes sense it's like our favorite music yeah. so i feel like a lot of it overlapped for us anyways but it's such a fun playlist to listen to i love it yeah and because of you i have now started listening to more mount joy who you have mentioned I mean, way before that last episode of the podcast, but that was really my um, entry point into Mountjoy's music. So thank you so much for that. I'm so glad because it's funny. Last month, I actually got a birthday gift for myself for my, I know we haven't done updates in a while, but for my 30th birthday, I uh, got a Mountjoy Lyric tattoo, actually, which seems a little bit like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I tattooed that on myself. But I'm very excited. I got it from the song I put on our playlist, Orange Blood. I got Let the Desert Sun Decorate Time um, on it. my left leg, which is really exciting. And hopefully it's like the first of many. Like I'm really into the idea of like some of my favorite lyrics, especially shorter phrases. Um you know, being something that I like a way that I express myself. And Mm so, yeah, I got, I, I got that tattoo, um, last month and I was just really excited about it. So it was funny because I didn't want to spoil it in our playlist episode because I didn't have it yet, but I have it now. So, (laughs) um, do you have any other tattoos? I don't think I 
know this about you. Yeah, I do. Um, I have a few. I have, um, I have a, <laughs> this is like so embarrassing. <laughs> my, my tattoo chronicles. Um, no, I have a Zia symbol on my wrist, which I feel like a lot of people in New Mexico get the Zia symbol. It is on our state flag. It's very much about like state pride and just, um, reminds me of home. You know, it's something that I always wanted growing up. I feel like most of my friends in New Mexico who were born and raised here have a Zia tattoo. Um, of course I do want to like acknowledge that the symbol belongs to the Zia Pueblo and that's like culturally significant to them, but they work in direct, um, partnership with the state to have that on our state flag. So we have a super unique state flag in, uh, in New Mexico. And so Reed has a Zia tattoo as well. Um, and actually Reed's is really interesting cause there's some other like personal elements on it. Mm-hmm. And I drew Reed's, um, since I do a lot of like graphic design and art. And so I drew Reed's tattoo before we ever <laughs> started dating over a decade ago, um, back when we were friends. So it's just funny cause we both have that. So and now it is permanently so, yeah. <laughs> emblazoned yes. on his body. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, thankfully it all worked out. It, yeah, <laughs> but, I, it uh, all did work out. You guys are getting married soon. Yeah, yeah. But I got a Mount Joy tattoo, and I'm super excited about it. And it just felt like a a good start to my fall and winter season. I feel like I feel the new year in the fall. Maybe that's just for me because that's when my birthday is. Mm -hmm. I'm a Libra. I feel like I live for the fall vibes and energy. I wanted to close out the summer and enter my thirties with like a, a cool gift for myself. So I was like, you know what? I'm getting a tattoo. And and that song has been super important to me. And I just saw them live this past year at Red Rocks for the second time. And I feel like that's really the band and the song that got, me through a lot of things. And so part of what I mentioned in our last episode was that that particular lyric I picked, let the desert sun decorate time. I feel like it feels really like frilly and girly. Um, but for me, I think it really represented like having to be okay with the passing of time, like becoming really okay with that through the pandemic and understanding that it was probably as for many of us, like the hardest time in my life Mm -hmm. to date. And I felt like I really had to become comfortable with with doing nothing and being appreciative of like being at home and getting in touch with running and my body and um, understanding that like the passing of time wasn't a bad thing because I think that was really scary for a long time. And so it was just such a beautiful lyric that made me think of home. And I feel like that's kind of a theme with my tattoos. So, um, so yeah, I'm really excited about it. (laughs) That's a great lyric. And I love that you gifted it to yourself and how fitting on the occasion of your 30th birthday, flipping the page over to a new decade represents passing of time. I mean, you obviously thought it out uh, in, uh, in that way, but I think that's a, I think that's a very like great way to commemorate it. Yeah, thanks. So I feel like music has been on the top of my mind. I'm so happy with our music episode. I got good feedback on our playlist. I feel like I had some people reach out and um, really enjoyed it. Reed loved it. He did listen to it. <laughs> he knew so- he knew what my song picks were, but he wanted to wait until he could listen to it to hear what your song picks were. So it was just fun, I think, all around. <laughs> I think we need to get Reed on the podcast one of these months and do another I know. Another music episode or or just get his uh you know critical analysis of of our music choices, which I mean I'm sure the two of you talk about all the time, but I think that would be great. I mean, since that podcast, there's been a lot of new music that's come out. You had Taylor Swift on 
your oh half of the yes. playlist. I had Red Hot Chili Peppers on my half of the playlist. Both of them have come out with new albums since we released that podcast. I know from texting you that day that you were up at midnight waiting for the Midnight's drop from Taylor Swift. Oh, a short I was while not ago. just up at midnight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was up even later than midnight because Taylor Swift surprised us all by it, she does honestly an incredible job at releasing her albums. It's kind of like marketing genius mm-hmm. work. I feel like Reed, especially because he works in concert, like booking, advancement, marketing, etc. He is always so impressed by the stir she creates and how she really captures like so many people at once. So she dropped her album at midnight, but she dropped a secret surprise for people at 3 a.m. Eastern time. So she told everyone, if you stay up till 3 a.m. Eastern time, there'll be a second surprise. And the surprise was seven additional bonus tracks. Oh, wow. And so it was, it was 1 a.m. my time. So it wasn't that it was late, but it wasn't like that late for me. So I was like, I'm definitely staying up. (laughs) And it was like getting a second album you know a couple hours after she released the first one so that was so cool it's a 20 song album um i feel like it was a newer sound for her it really contemplates all the things that keep you up at night so i like that as a theme it was just yeah it was a really fun album release i always stay up late with all my friends and my little sister and reed and we all we all talk about each song one by one it's really fun (laughs) i'm way too old for that at this point (laughs) i know I don't even I don't even get up early to watch major marathons anymore. Um, let's see what happens to you over the next ten years when you turn forty years old. Right. But um, right. but no, that's awesome. I love your I love your just affection for her music and just everything that that she puts out. It was evident in the last podcast that we did. Um, on my end, I know you were excited about this one too. But Red Hot Chili Peppers released their second album of the year, mm-hmm. which I just. Even before I listened to any of the songs, I just found super inspiring because these guys, most of them, like Anthony Cletus is going to be 60 years old soon. I mean, I know. they are not young men, um, but they have been at it and rocking hard for a long, long time now, and they still are. And I said this to you over text, but not just with this album, but they're at a point of their existence as a band where they don't have anything to prove to anyone and (laughs) they don't have to make it anymore. They've made it. They've made it many times over (laughs) and they're just making the music that they want to make and they don't really care Mm -hmm. what other people think of it. And I just, I really appreciate that. But I also just love the fact, back to what you were saying about the passing of time and just getting older, I look to them as inspirations because here they are approaching 60 years old, still just going really hard at this thing that they've been doing since they were kids. And I think about that, tie it into the running theme of this podcast about about running because I have this, mm. I wouldn't call it contentious relationship with competitive running, but I've definitely had times where I'm like, should I still be doing this? I'm like, I'm close to 40 years old. Do I need to be training for races? Do I need to be traveling to races? Do I need to have this as like a Right. An important part of my life. And seeing that like helps me to say to myself, like, yeah, if this is important to me, if this is what I want to do, then I should just do it. Um, you know, heck with heck with age or, you know, heck with comparing myself to past versions of myself. Like this is something that I want to do. Um, you're never too old to to do it and to do it well and to do it the way that that you want to do it. And I take inspiration from that. So even before I listen to um 
any of the the tracks from the new album i was like this is cool i'm like there aren't many bands period putting out two albums in a year never mind a band like the red hot chili peppers where i mean they could be like grandparents to most of like the younger musicians <laughs> today if you know if they really wanted to be um so uh, i was super excited when when that dropped we texted about it uh, a little over a week ago and yeah i'm enjoying it i don't like it as much as yeah i don't like it as much as um the first album that came out earlier this year but i like it a lot um mm-hmm. there's some there's just like some fun familiar tracks on it yeah, it's like a companion album, I think, and or it feels like that. And it's it's so funny that you said that because that, despite her being much younger, that really is how I think about Taylor Swift because she started creating music at 15, 16, and I was the same age. And so I mm-hmm. think a lot of people wonder, like, how how are you so invested in, like, the same artist for so long? And I'm like, well, to be honest, I just grew up with her. You grew her. up with like, her, exactly. I don't even listen mm-hmm. to as much pop music anymore, you know, things like that. I feel like I, I've gone off on different genres and journeys with music, but Taylor Swift has just kind of been a – I've maintained, like, this comforting presence with her, and she's grown up with me, and so her music hasn't stopped, and I think she's – she's just continued to go through the same life milestones as me at the same time. So it makes so much sense. And similarly, she dropped, I think she's, she's already made it too. So she kind of just does whatever she wants and she releases whenever she wants and she doesn't drop singles ahead of time anymore. She pretty much just surprise drops albums and it stops like, it feels like it stops the world. Like it was the most streamed album on Spotify, like the day after it like hit all the charts. Like, um, you know, she always breaks a ton of records and she put out two albums in 2020, like a few months apart. So kind of gives that same feeling. I think that you're talking about with red hot chili peppers where you're just like, I'm along for the ride now. Exactly. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Just along for the ride. And I I felt that way about the chili peppers since high school. I've been along for the ride since I was like, 15 years old. Um, yeah. And just like you were with Taylor Swift at 15 years old when you started listening to her. Yeah. Do you like also um, randomly, do you like Arctic Monkeys? Because they dropped an album as well. I do like Arctic Monkeys. I wouldn't consider myself a big fan. Christine and I saw them in concert. Uh, God, it was a little while ago now, maybe like seven or eight years ago. Um, I think it was like a year or two after we moved to the Bay, but I don't follow them with quite the same fervor that I do a band like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mm. Reed loves the Arctic Monkeys. And so it was a big deal that the Arctic Monkeys and Taylor Swift dropped their album on the same night. It's a long night. (laughs) It was a very long night. We had to listen to all the albums at once. Uh, And for, for fellow pop music connoisseurs out there, Carly Rae Jepsen dropped an album and she's kind of known as like this she's kind of like a comeback kid. Like she, she was known for this very teenage boppy type of song. And a lot of music critics really love Carly Rae Jepsen. I feel like she has done so much to grow like herself within the pop genre and like be a singer songwriter, kind kind of similar to Taylor Swift, but I love the like, 80s and 70s elements that Carly Rae Jepsen brings into her music. And so I feel like there's, uh, I don't know if you know the the author Hanif Abdul-Rakib, but he writes a lot of really amazing books on music. And, um, and he's also like, he's a writer in mm-hmm. general. And so highly recommend his books. Reed, Reed and I love him as an author. And he, he like loves Carly Rae Jepsen, which is funny because it's very like off brand, I would say <laughs> for a lot of, um, you know, to be honest, men, a lot of men don't engage with pop music and uh, especially for like female artists. And so 
it's just cool to see her grow as well. And it's it's not like the teeny bopper music that people think it is. She's an incredible artist and she dropped an album that night too. So I felt like last week in music was like a big deal. Embarrassment of riches. <laughs> yeah, in terms of new music. Yeah. Well, I will have to queue up the new Arctic Monkeys album and Carly Rae Jepsen. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of driving ahead of us. Uh, I am in... St. George, Utah, as I speak to you, and there's 12 hours of driving ahead of us uh, this coming weekend. Oh It'll be past weekend uh, by the time this podcast comes out, but may have to cue those up in Apple Music and give them a listen on the way home. Yeah, but otherwise, I feel like it's exciting because we're probably going to see each other next week, Mario. <laughs> well, this week, as of the time... I this guess when we put this podcast out, yeah. drops, uh, but yes, within a week or so, we are going to see each other at the New York City Marathon, which I feel like we started talking about a long time ago, and now it's here. Uh, I know. Can't believe it. I really can't believe it. Yeah. Um, I missed last I year's New York City Marathon, and it was my one regret from 2021 is that I didn't go to the New York City Marathon. I just feel like for me, it's an event that I've been to, God, I don't even know how many times at, at at this stage and I wasn't comfortable traveling last year and I am so excited to be back and there is going to be a lot of excitement around that event around just the elite races themselves but there's always just so much happening because it's New York and even though there are other marathons that happen after New York it's the last major of the year and it just you know it just feels like a a giant celebration of running and I am excited to just soak up that energy and I'm also happy not to be actually racing the marathon so I can enjoy myself a little (laughs) bit more I think. (laughs) Well this is exciting same unfortunately I will not be racing the marathon but I am excited to be there I don't think we've updated our listeners but um like formally about this, but I know the last time we talked about our running updates, I I've had plans for several months to run the New York city marathon. I ran a 10 K in New York as part of my mm-hmm. partnership with New York Roadrunners back in June. So I kind of was in the middle of training and I have known for over a month now that I would not be running New York. I just hadn't publicly announced it because I was kind of waiting for the right moment. I just wanted to confirm some things with my doctors and make sure um, that everything was correct but yeah I I unfortunately sustained what is I can't quite explain it I don't know if it's a hybrid between an injury and chronic pain I think it's leaning more chronic pain but it was extremely painful um so I will not be running in order to take care of my health and wellness um, and my body moving forward, but I still have a partnership with New York Roadrunners, so I will still be attending the marathon, and I'm going to be helping them with a number of different things, especially since the marathon falls within Native American Heritage Month, which is really exciting. It's in November. I, I don't think a whole lot of programming has ever been held around Native American Heritage mm-hmm. Month and what it means to have the marathon you know, um, in New York City where there are so many Native people and, um, you know, in a time that's super important for for our broader community, I think. Um, So I'm really excited because in basically what happened is I I got this diagnosis in like August, September. I was kind of fighting through it during that time, trying to decide if it was going to still be possible to run. Um, 
I did release a blog post today, the day we're recording. Um, so by the time we release this, it'll probably release this podcast. Um, it'll probably be out kind of on my social media channels so people can check that out. I usually have the links to it in my Instagram bio, but I wrote a whole blog post that details my injury and chronic pain journey. I know I've talked about it a lot on my show. We've mentioned it a few times here, but it kind of all came down to uh, a case of stiffness in my big toe. So also known as hallux limitus, um, which could eventually reach what they call hallux rigidus, which is like a much more further and advanced version of it. But it's really, it's essentially a degenerative arthritis within Uh, your big mm -hmm. toe um, where your toe meets your foot in that joint. Um, so it's, it's a little different than like having bunions or some of the things that are in that same area, because I do, I have a bone spur that has created, that has been created there, um, due to some of that, like just joint stiffness, inflammation, and, um, just having, you know, pounding on it so often. And basically I, I have to, I have to get that under control. And what's hard is that, some of my range of motion in my big toe, which is like truly the anchor. I've learned so much. It is the anchor of your foot and your gait, mm-hmm. like your entire running gait pretty much relies on your big toes and your toes in general. And so, um, not having like a full range of motion as a distance runner is, it's really, it's a bad thing. <laughs> um, and it, it's hard cause I can't necessarily regain a whole lot of range of motion. It sounds like I just have to kind of maintain what is there as much as possible, but there are things I can do. Um, I'm working with uh, a specialist in Colorado that I see um, who's given me some, some really cool, what they call varus posts, which help lift my, they help kind of sort of bring the ground to my big toe, if you will, since it's kind of looks almost slightly lifted off the ground um, for particularly in one of my feet. And my doctors are pretty sure that right now that single small thing is causing a number of issues up the chain, including some posterior tibial tendonitis and some other things, which are, which explains some of the other pains I was feeling on the run that were pretty, pretty bad to be Mm -hmm. honest. And so I had to just take a step back and pause, stop and, um, start doing much more focused and specialized exercises for that type of stiffness and, um, some of the tendonitis that's happening with it. And hopefully I don't have a greater issue in one of my tendons. Like we're right now I'm in that phase where we're hoping all of the, um, different exercises and some of the posting that they've given me for my shoe combined will help. And if not, I'll seek an MRI. I did have an x-ray and luckily nothing is like broken or, um, you know, there's nothing fractured or anything like that, but that is how we, you know, diagnose what's going on in my big toes and stuff. So it's an, it's interesting. I've learned a lot about it, but it all just kind of goes in line with having a life of flat feet and having, um, accessory navicular bones my whole life, you know, sitting right there in my arch. So it's just a lot of like extended problems I've been learning about for so long. And I'm glad I have a much more focused diagnosis and I have, um, something to like move forward with, but it's, it's hard to deal with something that is recurring. So I would say my New York Roadrunners blog post I wrote was a little more vulnerable in just how frustrating it is to have chronic pain Mm -hmm. and how you feel like there's just, People, I feel like, I feel like, you know, it's not often understood how painful it is because you don't always have an injury to show people necessarily. You're just like, hey, I have this, these various conditions that all build up to create a really painful experience while I'm running. So 
that's unfortunate. Uh, <laughs> so that's super that's unfortunate. That's my sad news. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to hear that. I know how excited you were to train for the New York City Marathon, which was to be your debut. And this has been delayed yes. by, what, one year, two years at, oh my gosh. at this point? Be- Since 2020. Yeah, because of the, <laughs> the pandemic. And last year, this was supposed to be it. And you had a great start to your buildup working with Nel Rojas as your coach. As you mentioned, you've had a lot of just chronic foot issues, accessory navicular, and that's really been the root of, of many of, of your issues. I'm glad that you're in good hands and will hopefully be able to manage this so you can just get back to doing the things that you enjoy doing. But it, it's so tough. And I mean, you make a good point with chronic stuff like this. There's nothing to really show. I mean, you could show someone like, you know, your, your toe, but who's going to do that, you know, all the time be like, oh, this is you know, kind of, kind of what happens. Um, but you raise a good point. And I think, you know, if there is a practical takeaway for people who are listening to this, the big toe really is the anchor of it all. I mean, that should be the last thing that you toe off mm-hmm. of when you are running right. and it can handle a lot of force and it can also generate a lot of force. And it is what is going to propel you forward and everything else up the chain connects to that very end point. You know, all of you know, all of that soft tissue and, and bone through your foot all the way up into, you know, your lower leg and up. And it's like if you have a problem with that, it, it throws everything else off. And it can just be, you know, a really frustrating and challenging thing to work through as, you know, as you've described. So I'm super bummed to hear that. Um, that said, I'm glad that you are going to New York and you get to be a part of the weekend. I know for you, I mean, you were at the mini 10K earlier this year, but this is going to be your first New York City marathon in any capacity. And I think with the work that you've done through your podcast over the last few years and everything else, it's going to be great for you to just be like in that environment, probably meet some people that you know of or have corresponded with virtually for the first time um, face-to-face and, you know, just to, you know, just to be a part of this industry that you are such an important part of. Yeah, I'm so excited because this is actually my first major marathon Mm -hmm. I've ever been to in general. So not even just my first New York, but I've really never been to a major marathon, um, you know, and traveled to one and seen it all in action. So it's going to be a really special day, like regardless, because also my my best friend from high school who I ran high school cross country with, Beth, um, she'll be she's been on my podcast and um, we both obviously ran track for my dad and, um, she's, she's amazing. She, she won a state championship in high school. So I've always been like either in some position to be her teammate or cheer her on at races and she's running New York. So I'm really excited cause it's just a nice time to be there and get to see some of my friends. She's not my only friend running, but, um, just to see one of my best friends from home run it is really exciting and special. Um, and then, because I got injured, it did free up a lot of time, actually. So <laughs> even though I'm doing a lot of exercises and having to, you know, go through doctor's right. appointments and things like that, um, I do feel like I was training like so much. Like I was having to run like, you know, for an hour or two, or two hours or stretching and all these things. And that freed up a lot of like stress, I think, in time around like, oh my gosh, am I going to be able to run this? And so I started kind of talking to New York Roadrunners about other things we could do around the marathon. Um, Since I think what's great about running organizations is that they always know that there's a possibility of injury. So no one really is going to hold you to a lot of things. I feel like they've been really, really kind and generous with me and saying like, no problem. So I'm really grateful that New York Roadrunners have just been so 
kind to me around the injury aspect of things and they were eager to still bring me out for marathon weekend and um, make sure that I got the experience and they also ensured assured me that you know when the time comes and when I am fully ready that I will be able to run the marathon at some point eventually so I am looking forward to that but uh, it meant that we got to brainstorm new things and new ideas and we were kind of already working on some programming around Native American Heritage Month, but I'm really proud and excited to announce that we're going to be facilitating the first ever land acknowledgement to happen at the New York City Marathon. So it's something that's never been done before, and we're working with some Native groups in New York, and um, I'm going to be the person who gets to announce them at the opening ceremony. Amazing. So, uh, a Native, yeah, a Native group in New York is actually going to give the, the actual land acknowledgement, um, which is awesome, and I'm, I'm so excited to be a part of it. Um, I recognize I do not live in that region, and I am not from a tribal community in that region, so I, I, do, I did feel it was really important that a group that's based in New York City is facilitating that. But I, since I'm no stranger to the microphone, uh, I'm really excited that they were like, yeah, let's do it. Like, let's, let's get you in there and we'll, we'll have you announce um, these folks and be a part of the parade of nations, uh, the native folks and kind of contingency of indigenous people are going to lead off the parade of nations. And so I, I actually encourage if any native people are listening to this podcast to come watch the parade of nations. Um, that'll be on Friday. Friday evening, if I'm correct. So um, I think I'll be announcing more about this on my social media moving forward as it gets closer. But that's where the land acknowledgement will be as part of that opening ceremony. And I'm really excited about that because I think the indigenous representation and presence will be felt um, in a way it hasn't really been before at, at New York. And we're working on stuff for future years as well. We're just trying to lay the groundwork right now. And we're hoping in the future we can get a more, um, just a more concrete and solid like group of indigenous people together and, and make it sort of more of a tradition. And so they're very open to that. And I'm really excited about the work that we've already done and that we have in place in motion rolling right now. Yeah, that's a big first step. And it is something that they'll be able to expand upon in the coming years. It's so cool that you are getting in at the ground level, so to speak, and just being able to introduce these like truly native New Yorkers and give them the opportunity to acknowledge the land that, I mean, 50,000 people are going to get to run over on Sunday. I will be there. I don't have the information for it in front of me, but I do believe that it is open to everyone and happens Friday evening in I want to say it's like Central 5 p.m. Okay. Yeah, I want to say it's about 5 p.m. Um, but again, I will make sure that I have all the info because we're going to do a little some social media prep around it with New York Roadrunners. And I'm actually going to be releasing uh, another blog post next week with New York Roadrunners that's going to detail the events and kick off Native American Heritage Month with um you know, with their programming and our partnership. So people can definitely look out for that. And I will, I can also like update the show notes when it becomes available too. Awesome. Uh, what else are you excited about as it pertains to New York City Marathon? Any athletes? I mean, your coach, Nell Rojas, is going to be racing yes. the New York City Marathon. Uh, anyone else that you're particularly fond of seeing on Sunday? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm so excited to see Nell there. Like, that was the first person that came to mind just because I feel like Nell and I just follow each other around to races. <laughs> um, I'm excited about that. But actually, less so about the race. I also am doing a live show, like, for the first time on a marathon weekend. I, I'm excited to see Allison Desir there. Um, Allison Mariella Desir for her book, Running While Black, just came out. And we're going to be doing a book talk for that at Harlem Run. So I'm really excited about when that, is that event, particularly. That's going to be on Saturday morning, uh, I believe, at 9 a.m. at the Harlem Run House. So okay. um, if people want to come to that, I think it's open. And I believe Harlem Run is putting out, like, info about that stuff in the coming week or two um, on their Instagram account. But I believe it's also followed up with a shakeout run with Alicia Montano uh, sponsored by Oakley. So I am kind of going to be a part of a series of events happening at Harlem Run House throughout the weekend. And I'm really grateful to be invited and to facilitate a talk with Allison about about her new book and just what's going on, um, you know, in the running industry and, um, you know, the waves that she's making in terms of diversity, equity, and inclusion in the industry. So we'll be talking about that. Uh, so I have a lot of events before I even get to the race. I feel like honestly, my <laughs> That's brain how it is goes like today. Welcome, with... <laughs> welcome to major marathon weekend. You're, you're my, in for it. My brain is clouded with like information about the events that I have to prepare myself for. You know, I, I have to prepare my script for the land acknowledgement. I have to prepare my live podcast. I'm like, I'm sorry, who's running the New York City Marathon again? <laughs> yeah, it, it's probably a good thing that you're not running because you would be exhausted by the time you hit the starting line. There's so much stimulation. Like you said, there's just a lot of, of energy and attention that go into preparing for these events that you're going to be hosting and it all comes from the same tank. So if you're draining that down, then you step to the start line. It's like there's nothing there. Um, it's going to make the marathon even harder than it would have been um, to begin with, but uh, I'm excited for you to experience it. I mean, everything that you just described, I'm like chuckling because, I mean, for me, this is like my umpteenth major marathon. I've made right, the mistake <laughs> um, being, you know, a, a podcaster and fairly recognizable person in the running industry of overbooking myself before the race. And then I get to the start line oh, and I'm yeah. like, she's overbooked right now. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, oh man, oh man. Um, and I've gotten better at that over the years. When I am racing the marathon, I kind of do one or two very like, um, you know, low investment things in terms of like just the amount of emotional energy or time that has to get invested into it so that I can get out of Dodge and just, you know, go chill out and, and get ready for, for the race. But I mean, you're going to, you're going to be exhausted by the end of the weekend. I can promise you that. Thanks. Thanks for that. Yeah. I, hopefully I, hopefully I learned my lesson here and I'll kind of get the lay of the land and figure out, okay, this is how it goes. So I will not book these when I do run this one day. Like that's the goal. Um, I will have Reed with me, which is really exciting because you'll get to meet Reed, Mario. I, I can't know. wait to meet Reed. That's <laughs> going to be awesome. That. Have him act as your manager. I mean, he's got to be able to like kind of bring you oh, to places, cart you away. I mean, yes. he does some of this too with the, you know, with the music industry that he works in, but I mean, it's good to have, oh a it's good to have a handler, uh, in your situation you'd be like Danae you need to get out of here it's just it's too much yes I'm half serious uh, and I'm half joking but oh he's like put me in coach he asks me like once a week <laughs> if he can be my agent like he's he's like let me let me book you because I'm always so super busy yeah. I know people know like I do work a full-time nine-to-five job on top of podcasting and doing other stuff so sometimes this stuff comes second and he's always like his head's in booking. It's in this type of work. Right. And so I feel like he's always like, let me be your manager. <laughs> let me be your manager. And I'm like, we need to keep this separate. <laughs> but when we travel, he's totally 
an Instagram boyfriend or fiance, if you will, because he's, <laughs> he's like on the social media feeds, like he's ready to take pictures for me and video whatever's happening. So, um, I mean like even the social media team were like, okay, maybe we'll just give like, well, maybe we can get read credentials and he can film you while you're doing the land acknowledgement. Cause I might be doing like just some Instagram content. So it's right. just so funny. Cause Reed gets pulled along didn't have any background on the running industry, had no experience really in like ma marathoning or any of this type of stuff. And now his whole life is just like completely engulfed in us taking trips only for road races. And he's like, okay, this is like how we vacation. <laughs> yeah. I think we talked about this on an earlier episode of the podcast, but that's the yeah. family that he's marrying into. So uh, he knows what he's in for at this point. I mean, he's obviously yes. like, you know, met your parents and uh, understands what, what that's all about, but he's just an incredible partner, super supportive of everything that you're doing. I can't wait to meet him uh, this weekend at the New York City Marathon. I'm bummed. I'll miss your event Saturday mornings. I have one of my own. I will be. I know. I saw yours. <laughs> Co-leading a shakeout run at 10:30 um, from the Fleet Feet pop-up in the Time Warner Center, which is at 10 Columbus Circle. It's in partnership with New Balance and the folks from Believe in the Run, and there are probably going to be like five or six others who are leading as well. So if you see this, uh, you know, thing that resembles a road race moving through Central Park uh, on Saturday morning at 1030, that is uh, likely my doing, but would love for people to join if possible. I'll put a link to that in the show notes because they are requesting RSVPs. And then later that day, I'll have a live podcast with reigning 1500 meter world champion, Jake Whiteman of Great Britain. Uh, that's in partnership with New Balance. Uh, I can't tell you where that is going to be, but I will put a link in the show notes if you would like to RSVP for it. Um, we can have 50 people in the venue. It is a free event, but we do need to limit seating. But I'll put a link to the sign up in the show notes. You can throw your name in there uh, and hopefully we will have room for you. That's awesome. Yeah, I saw you announce some of your like shows and stuff going on So, uh, in your shakeout run. So hopefully I'll make something or we'll meet up a different time. <laughs> we'll meet up at some point. Um, we have to. I mean, I'm only there Thursday night through Sunday night. But aside from my events on Saturday, I've, I've got a pretty open schedule. So we'll make it happen. Cool. Well, I'm excited. I don't even know what's happening on the race side of things. Is there <laughs> anything you're excited about? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, th there is. I've looked at the, I, I wouldn't even call them start lists at this point because I'm sure between the time that this gets posted and the time that the athletes take the line on Sunday morning uh, that there's going to be some moves made. People will uh, drop out or possibly be added to the field. But I mean, there's, we're biased. I mean, we, you know, we are a, a US based podcast, but there are strong American fields on both sides. Um, on the women's side, You've got Sarah Hall, who had to skip Berlin because she was dealing with a little something, but she wanted to kind of go all in mm -hmm. on New York, excited to watch her race. Um, Des Linden uh, is back for, I, I don't know how many times right, she's run right. New York at this point, but uh, that's a, a staple on her schedule. Um, Emma Bates, who had a great run at the World Championships just a couple months ago, is in the race. Kira D'Amato was recently announced to be running. That's like her, what, third marathon this year? She had the American record. She had, no, fourth. That's her fourth marathon this year. She Whoa. had the American record wow. in Houston, She's right? She's cranking them out. <laughs> World Championships. She, she was a late ad. Then she just ran Berlin 
air quotes disappointing like 221 was it i think uh only like the fourth fastest mm. <laughs> american time ever uh and this is gonna be her fourth marathon of this calendar year which is uh kind of wild so be interesting no to see <laughs> yeah what she has left in the tank um you know there's some others in there as well annie frisbee who ran 226 18 last year at new york was a big breakout race for her is back um her teammate with Minnesota Elite, Dakota Lindworm, 225. Uh, mm-hmm. I think she ran that earlier this year, if I'm I'm not mistaken. But I mean, those are those are two to watch. Um, Nell Rojas, as we had mentioned earlier this year, um, was also top American again at at Boston. I mean, I think she's I think she's going to have a heck of a race in New York. I I'm mean, really excited to see her run New York. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's a course that really suits her strengths. I yeah, mean, she's me too. just. Uh, I mean, she, you know, she PR'd at Boston, which is not known as being, you know, a, a fast course. You're in 225 in change, but she's just a great racer. And New York is a racer's race. There's no pacers. Mm-hmm. Um, you're just in there racing the other people around you. And I think it's a great environment for her. I just linked to a training video in my newsletter this week mm-hmm. where she did a, a fairly hefty workout under the watchful eye of her dad, Rick Rojas. And I mean, it seems like she's on track uh, with her training. So I'm excited to see how that translates in New York. Um, you know, on the men's side, you've got, I mean, at least for Americans, again, I apologize, we are biased here, uh, but you've got um, <laughs> Leonard Career, you've got Scott Fobble, you've got Galen Rupp um, in mm-hmm. the race. Um, I'm excited to watch all of them. Elkana Cabet, who was fourth at New York last year. Um, crowd favorite, personal favorite, um, one of my favorite people in the sport has been for a long time. Abdi Abdurrahman will race his what he says is his last competitive marathon at 44, right. oh 45 gosh. years old. And, uh, no one, wow. no one I mean, he's just not there to pick up, uh, an, an appearance fee across the finish line. So I'm sure he's Absolutely, kind of put yeah. everything into it. And, um, I, I'm sure he will stick his nose in the race and stay there, uh, as long as, you know, as long as he can, but you know, New York being New York, there's always strong international fields as well. I mean, to, to stick with the men, I mean, you've got Evans Chibet in the race. He's run 203. Shura Katata, uh, who's just a dangerous racer. I think this is a course that really suits his style. Um, Seguro Osako from Japan, who supposedly was going to retire after the, the last Olympics, but he's back, um, you know, to, to race another major mm-hmm. marathon. I mean, there's just, I mean, there's just so much like clout in, um, in both fields. I mean, on, on the women's side, assuming, um, this holds, I think, was it Perez Jepchichir is at the top of the list. I mean, she's, you know, only, you know, world champion to 17 runner. Um, you've got like the ageless Edna Kiplagat who, um, we don't have to get into the, the specifics of this, but looks like she's going to be named the 2021 Boston marathon champion due to, um, the winner right, of that race right. getting popped for doping. But I mean, she's a, I don't know how many time world champion at this point. She's run like 219 and change. She's also in her forties, which I find super inspiring. She'll be in the mix there um, as well. I mean, you've got Gatiam Gebrselase from Ethiopia. I mean, she's an- another just like da- a lot of dangerous racers. I mean, people don't go to New York to um, chase records. It's not a course that's conducive for that. They go there to race. Right. And um, to race, I'm just yeah. excited to watch a couple great races at, this year's New York City Marathon. Man, I'm so excited. That was a great overview. Thanks, Mario. (laughs) 
you're, you're, you're welcome. Uh, I did I did a lot of that in the 15 minutes before we jumped on the mics to record this podcast because I hadn't paid that close attention to it. I mean, I'm like, I've seen thank names you for that. bandied about <laughs> here and there, but when I looked at it, I'm like, oh, there's also going to be a great race there aside from everything else that happens New York City Marathon weekend. It's, it's crazy. As last thing on this is a, a little bit of an aside, but I've been around the sport for a long time in the industry and these races and and all that. And it's definitely within the last probably five to six years that it almost feels like a lot of the stuff that's happening before the event or around the actual event, in some cases, I don't want to say overshadows the event itself, but you right. know, as someone who might be going to race and compete, you really do have to like pick your spots because you're like, I want to go to all of these things. It's so cool. It'd be awesome to hear my favorite podcaster to go for a shakeout yeah. run with, you know, one of my my favorite athletes. But it's like you also have to take care of your own business too um, while you're there. And even as someone who's going there for for work, as uh, person who works in the industry, there's again, like, I want to see you. I want to see all these other people that I haven't seen in a long time. I want to go to their events. I want to support them. It's like, it's like, it's almost like overwhelming to, to sort of like keep up with. Um, and then you're like, oh, yeah, there's actually a, a great marathon happening too. And we get to watch some of the best athletes right. in the world race from Staten Island to Central Park. So. Right. Yeah. No, you will be prioritizing me though. So. If, <laughs> like... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're not getting no, out of seeing me. No, there's there's no doubt about that. I mean, if I if I if I don't see you, I guess I don't come home from New York or something, or we don't do this podcast yeah. again. Um, <laughs> you, know, you can push me out of your life at that point, and that that's a strong enough motivation for me to make sure that I see you. Um, hopefully, first thing before we you know go off and do our our respective things. But I will be at your event on Friday night. I would not miss that. Um, I also can't not meet Reed. I mean, I don't know when we'll be in the same place again as well. Exactly. So, uh, we'll, we'll have to grab dinner, grab a drink, do something. We'll figure it out. Yeah, for sure. Well, do you have any other updates? I feel like it, like it was a lot, but also we, we just needed to catch up for a little bit because we've, we've not done that in a while. Yeah, it's been, it's been a couple of weeks. The last episode was a straight playlist, which was super fun. Um, I definitely want to do that again. I don't have any big updates right now. I think I will have some next month. So I will I will tease that in this episode. Uh, so for episode 10 of Common Ground, I should have some updates to um, take us through the end of the year and into 2023. That's awesome. The one, the one last thing I will say in regard to some of the chronic pain injury stuff I told you about is that I feel like the the one bright side I did not mention in the blog post is that I might get to run sooner rather than later because I don't That's have great. a concrete injury. I have more of just a really bad case of like chronic pain um, that seems manageable. Like it seems like with the right shoes and some of the proper posting, because I think I was focusing so much on like strengthening and, and flexible footwear that is like, you know, encouraging a toe splay. But the thing is, is when you have stiffness in your big toe, joint there's not a lot you can do for it other than support it and so mm -hmm. and like make sure you, it's actually like normally you wouldn't maybe be recommending a lot of like you know toe lift in your shoes or like toe spring or things like that and I think now it's like okay I can actually potentially manage this with some with the proper footwear and and just adjustments to it and also just my, my doctor suggested, let's just do these exercises for a couple weeks, like three weeks, and then we'll recalibrate and, um, see where you are. And like, 
I could potentially be jogging within weeks. It just makes it just, I have to be very honest about my feedback and like, if it hurts, I have to stop because it is um, something that is like degenerative. So like I have to be very honest with myself about it. Um, And I think that like scared me enough into, (laughs) into being, you know, cautious, but it does make me feel good that at least there could be some running in my future this winter. It just has to be slow and like, kind of intentional and I have to be very thoughtful about it. And it turns out like my shoes are just really going to matter too. Um, in a lot of ways, I think before I always cared about shoes, but you know, it's going to play a big part in making sure that, um, my feet are like safe in, in running. So yeah, (laughs) that's my nice little, my nice little bright side. (laughs) No, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we're ending. I mean, not that we were on any kind of a, a down note, but we brought it back to your injury and ending that on, a hopeful and optimistic note. I mean, it'd be it'd be probably f- foolish, or would have been foolish, or impossible, I guess, for you to um, actually prep for a marathon while working through this. But yeah. it is encouraging that you will hopefully be running sooner than later, and then can find a, a rhythm with that um, between like frequency and intensity, and then also the right shoes and staying on top of your exercises where you're like, okay, this is sustainable. Um, and I can do this even though, you know, I am managing a chronic injury of sorts. I guess we would call it a chronic injury. Yeah. And I was running before. So the thing I'm trying to keep in mind, just like I was running before and in some cases painlessly, it's just when I got into longer miles, it, just it new things emerged that I didn't expect. So that's essentially what happened is, you know, I got into the later stages of it and my body was like, no, this is painful. And that's where I wasn't really doing any management. And so hopefully in the future, like for longer distances, I can figure that out. Um, but you know, that's my bright side is I'd really like to, I've taken a little break here for like a month or so. And I'm like, okay, I'm kind of anxiously like awaiting getting back to running. I think I'm a little restless. And so, you know, it's been a up and down year with that. And this has just been difficult to not be able to run consistently, I would say. Yeah, as frustrating and difficult as that was, having that knowledge, though, moving forward for when you do get to the point where you can up your mileage, you can run a little bit longer, you'll know what to look out for. Or you'll know, like, okay, I did X, Y, and Z last time. I need to either avoid that this time around or I need to make, you know, these certain adjustments so that I don't end up in the same place that I was. So, Right. Right. Well, I think that's all for me. I don't think I have anything else to add. We will be back next month with episode 10 of Common Ground. But for Danae Dormy, I'm Mario Fraley, and this has been episode 9 of Common Ground. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> All right, that's it for this episode of Common Ground. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen in. Also, a big thank you to New Balance for help making it possible. The new Fuel Cell Rebel V3 from New Balance is everything that I enjoyed about its predecessor, but with a more supportive upper, a little more cushion underfoot, and a more durable outsole. What it doesn't have is much more weight, checking in at under eight ounces, making it a great go-fast shoe. The Fuel Cell Rebel V3 is available in both men's and women's sizes on newbalance.com or at your favorite run specialty retail store. 
Before we wrap up, I'd like to give a shout out, as always, to my man, John Summerford. He's produced every episode of the podcast and is the reason this show sounds as good as it does week in and week out. Also, thank you to Chris Douglas for being my right-hand man and handling sponsorship sales, and Jeffrey Stern for managing the AM Shakeout social media accounts. I don't have a big team here at The Morning Shakeout, but these three guys have been crucial in helping keep things running smoothly here. Last thing, if you're digging the podcast, I encourage you to sign up for my newsletter. It's also called The Morning Shakeout at themorningshakeout.com slash subscribe, and you'll get my weekly take on what's happening in the world of running, along with a collection of things that I've been thinking about reading and listening to that you might enjoy getting in your inbox every Tuesday morning. Okay, that's all I've got. I'm Mario Fraioli, and on behalf of Danae Dormy, this has been another episode of Common Ground.